Chapters thirty three and thirty four of Out of the Shadow by Rose Gollop Cohen. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter thirty three. So a year almost passed, and spring came. At home in our village, with the first warm days, the birds would return to our neighborhood, and we could hear the click click of the storks that came back to build in the old stump in the cemetery. In the air, there was an agreeable smell of the moist earth warming in the sun the earth seemed to swell and burst right under our feet so that we could almost feel the plant life pushing its way to the light long before we could see it here with the first warm days i saw the children on the street appearing in lighter clothing with bright new tops and jumping ropes they seemed more free their laughter rang merrily and they responded more reluctantly to their mother's calls to come upstairs i too longed to stay out Many mornings, as I hurried to work through the soft air and early sunshine, a sick feeling would come over me at the thought of the shop, the dust-covered, nailed-up windows, the weight of the black, heavy coats on my lap. In the winter I had been glad enough when the coats were big and heavy. They kept me warmer. But now the coat on my lap seemed to weigh a ton and kept slipping and slipping from my lap all day long as if it would drag me down. I could not make out what was wrong. I felt depressed and tired, even when I got up in the morning often too i felt a little sick though nothing hurt one day while standing at mr cohen's table i bent down to pick up something when i straightened again i felt the blood in my temples beat as though with hammers and everything on the table seemed topsy-turvy i had to stand still with my eyes closed for some minutes before i could see things in their right position and places the next morning when mrs cohen brought her husband's coffee as she did every morning she sat down next to me at our little table to pull some bastings which she always did when she came and began to talk to me she asked me some questions about my family and myself i told her i thought we would soon send for mother and the children and admitted that i had not been well for some time when i climbed steps my heart beat so that it pained and i could not stoop down without growing dizzy mrs cohen was a middle-aged kind woman and so pious that not a hair of her own would be seen from under her light brown wig she glanced at me now you do look pale she said and then advised me to go and see her doctor i was scared i had never been treated by a doctor in my life at home the old women of the village knew a charm prayer for every ailment and grandmother would brew tea out of different blossoms which we gathered in the spring in the evening i told father for the first time that i had not been feeling well and that mrs cohen offered to take me to her doctor father took a good look at me for the first time in a long while and showed alarm he told me by all means to go with mrs cohen and gave me a half dollar for the doctor a little before three o'clock the next day mrs cohen and i were in the doctor's office he was a big blond clean-shaven gentile man he looked into my eyes and made me shake my hands downward to see if they would grow pink i shook and shook my hands but they stayed almost white the doctor smiled cheerfully we'll soon fix you up he said stay out in the air and mrs cohen explained that i worked in the shop and that my mother was not here oh he said looking displeased he drew up and stuck out his lips put his elbow on the desk rested his chin in one hand and sat staring out of the window and drumming he sat so long that i thought he had forgotten all about us finally he caught up his pen and quickly as if to make up for lost time wrote a prescription here he said handing it to me it will help some i held out the half dollar he looked at it on my palm for a moment then took my hand in his great big one and put it down playfully and said that is all right but feed up 
this was the first time i heard these two little words but from now on i was to hear them often and for many years i stayed out the rest of that afternoon it seemed strange to be idle on a weekday i sauntered along through grand street toward the ferry looking into the store windows that night i sat up for father he laid the large brown loaf on the table when he came and sat down on the chair alongside it i saw at once that he had something pleasant to tell he was not smiling but his face looked all lit up after hearing what the doctor had to say and cautioning me to take the medicine regularly he began slowly drawing out his words almost as grandmother had often done and smiling now quite broadly you know raoul i think with this week's wages we have enough money for the steamer tickets the journey and a little over he put his hand deep into his pocket took out the long baggy purse and laid it on the table then he drew the white muslin curtain over the lower part of the window and told me to lift the lamp from the bracket to the table he began to count and i breathlessly watched his fingers as they turned back the bills ten fifteen twenty thirty and so on he counted finally he said slowly yes we have enough i could not realize that it was true that we could send for them at once then the thought came in three months they might be here i laid my arms on the table buried my face in them and began to sob father laid his hand gently on my head for once he did not scold me for my tears chapter thirty four a little over two months later father and i stood in line before one of the windows in the main post office on grand street waiting for mail during these two and a half months we had sent the tickets and heard that they had been received and that mother was selling out everything but the pillows the linens and the candlesticks then a letter had come saying that they had started that night aunt masha cried bitterly for then we knew that grandmother and grandfather were alone separated even from each other in their old age for where she went to stay they would not keep him and where he stayed they would not keep her now we were waiting to hear whether mother and the children had crossed the boundary safely or had been caught and turned back as father had been the first time he started for america we should have had a letter two days before father was very pale as he stood waiting his turn at last he was at the window and the clerk handed him a postcard it was in sister's handwriting she and i did all the corresponding neither father nor mother could write read quickly father said giving me the card and bending over me his voice trembled i spelled out the words we crossed the boundary safely and we are all well thank god thank god father repeated after me then he threw his head back and laughed joyously they will soon be here one week later early on saturday father aunt masha and i went looking for rooms all day we walked about climbing many stairs for of most rooms the rent was too high at last we found a small three-family rear house on broom street where the two rooms on the middle floor were empty we reached the rear house by passing through the long hall of the front tenement into a yard and then climbing a high stoop both rooms had windows facing the yard and the rear windows of the front tenement the water was in the yard and had to be pumped but father saw many advantages and i saw how i could turn the tiny hall where the upper tenant had to pass into a kitchen so we rented them for seven dollars a month one morning a few days later i was not well and father told me to stay home there were often days now when i was not well i thought this a golden opportunity to clean the new rooms 
so i started quite early from cherry street for the house on broom street i borrowed a pail and a scrubbing brush from our neighbour in the basement and went to work on the floors they were unpainted and thick with dirt i scrubbed and rinsed changing the water often by carrying the pailfuls of dirty water into the yard and pumping up fresh water at first it seemed impossible that i could get them clean but soon the grain of the wood began to show when i was on the last little piece near the door i sat back on my heels and surveyed the clean wet boards with a feeling of pleasure the clothes on my back felt damp and drops of perspiration were rolling from my cheeks down my neck i looked at my hands the palms and fingers were water-soaked and all crinkled up i remembered mother saying that i had the hands of a lazy girl and that i touched soiled things with my fingertips oh i thought if she could only see them now and with a feeling of satisfaction i dipped my hands into the pail of black muddy water up to the elbows and sang a song made up on the spot oh how i'll scrub how white our floors will be in the evening we parted from mrs felsberg not without tears and moved into our new rooms then the furniture came i spread newspapers over the floors tucked up my dress into the belt and ran about showing the men where to put each piece the large square table went into the centre of the big room and the six chairs all around it the two folding cots were put at the further end in the same room the big bed into the bedroom and i placed our old kerosene oil stove on a new soap-box in the little square hall taking care to leave at least a foot of space for our neighbours upstairs to pass i looked on this little corner as the kitchen and the large room as the front room i longed for a front room when the men were gone father and i looked about our rooms and at each other and we smiled happily as the days passed and the time drew near for their coming i became more and more impatient and nervous and found it more difficult than ever to sit in one place in the shop and think about the work however i did not always think about it often as i sat sewing on buttons or felling a sleeve lining i pictured them on the steamer and went over their whole journey in my mind sure that it was very much as my own had been first i saw them jogging along in makar's straw-lined wagon from our village to mink then travelling by railroad and finally packed into a wagon of mouldy hay and driven through swampy meadows in the dead of night stealing across the boundary though a year had passed i could still feel the russian soldier's heavy hand on my back and hear his thick voice demanding what have you here the answer a jingle of silver coins and the thick voice call drive on i pictured them sleeping in the bare dirty little cots in hamburg i saw mother with the four children standing in the large hall all day for a week and waiting for their names to be called then i saw them in the midst of a hundred others bent over to one side or stooping under their bundles passing through a sort of tunnel meekly and looking neither to right nor to left they followed a uniformed person tramp 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 i heard the dull sound of many feet and two onlookers calling to each other the immigrants and the echo calling back the immigrants but now i thought joyfully they are on the steamer very near america how will mother like america will she be much shocked at father's and my impiety for i was not so pious now i still performed some of the little religious rites assigned to a girl but mechanically not with the ever-present consciousness of god there were moments of deep devotion but they were rare sometimes when i thought of it i felt sad i felt as if i had lost something precious the steamer was due on a friday night so they would have to spend still another night on it that friday both father and i came home earlier than usual 
while he was washing up and polishing his shoes and brushing his clothes i cooked a fish dinner for seven people for the next day and at the kind invitation of our neighbour over us put it on her ice into the crowded little ice-box then i remembered that mother had no candles to light on the steamer i would light them here she usually lit five one for each child so i found a red brick on the street washed it clean under the pump and used it as a candle holder we had not bought any candlesticks as we expected our beautiful brass ones from home i placed the clean brick on the table in the front room covered now with a new white oilcloth then with a drop of the hot tallow from each candle i stuck them firmly on the brick in a straight row i placed two white loaves at the other end of the table and covered them with a clean small towel i lit the candles and embracing them three times i covered my face with my hands and whispered the consecration prayer for my mother on the steamer then as i looked around the room i felt for the first time in this country the joyous friday night spirit of the old home in the new one i sat out in the yard until father would be ready for supper i watched the stars appearing one by one from the open windows father's cheerful voice came chanting the friday evening prayer in the basement a rocker creaked and a little boy sang sweet and low sweet and low the next morning at ten o'clock father and i again stood in castle garden i do not know whether aunt masha was with us or not as i look back now i can only see father and myself he talking to an officer and i standing with my face pressed against iron bars in what an agony of joy and fear i stood there at first i was neither surprised nor disappointed when i looked about and did not see them at once feeling sure that they must be there i could wait then it flashed through my mind but perhaps they are not here perhaps they missed the steamer perhaps they fell ill then i saw them it was as i often pictured them mother with baby on one arm a bundle on the other and the eight-year-old boy at her skirt was following a uniformed american she walked slowly with her head a little bent and her eyes on the ground her face looked so uncertain as if she were not yet sure whether her journey was at an end and whether this was the place where she would meet us after her came sister quite bent under a bundle on her back and with the little four-year-old holding on to her skirt though she was so bent under her bundle her head was raised and her eyes were looking about eagerly then they met mine and as she recognized me she dropped her bundle and ran screaming mamma there they are there they are a few minutes later i heard my mother's tearful joyous voice close to me rel rel End of Part 2, Chapter 34